Good morning. How y'all doing today? Fantastic. So, uh, Pastor has asked a few of us each week to kind of take our readings that we've been doing through the poets and reflect on them. Uh, how God might be showing us his love through that scripture that week, but also maybe how we might want to express that love out into our community. And uh, I was blessed with the fortunate task of the end of Job this week <laughs> as God is giving this seemingly verbal lashing to Job. And I had to think about this from a couple of different perspectives. One, what would it have been like to be Job in this situation? Did Job feel loved as God was just going off on him? And two, what would it be like to be God? What would it be like to be a parent who might be frustrated with Job, who might just be expressing his love, maybe through some frustration, but trying to express his love nonetheless? And as I was reading this this week, I couldn't help but be reminded um, of myself as a kid. My parents weren't ones to use spanking very often. But when they did, and maybe some of you whose parents uh, uh, use that as a discipline, might remember a couple of common things parents would say. One would be, this is going to hurt me more <laughs> than it's going to hurt you. And the other one is, I'm only doing this because I love you. No, you're not. You're doing this because you're mad at me. You're not doing this because you love me, right? <laughs> so... Uh, with that in mind, I want to read some from chapter 38 here for you. The Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Brace yourself like a man, because I have some questions for you, and you need to answer them. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined the dimensions and stretched out the surveying line. What supports its foundations, and who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who kept the sea inside its boundaries as it burst from the womb, as I clothed it with clouds and wrapped it in thick darkness? For I locked it behind the barred gates, limiting its shores. I said, this far and no farther will you come. Here your proud waves must stop. And he goes on and on and on again for chapters. Like after that, after just those first words, I would have said like, okay, I got it. I get it, right? Like if your parents have ever just gone off on you for something stupid you did and they're just yelling and yelling and yelling, okay, mom, stop. I get it, I get it, I get it. Job gets that opportunity here a chapter or so later, and he says, okay, you know, I understand. And you kind of think, all right, God might back off. And you kind of picture God saying, okay, good, it's right, you understand. You know what? No, you don't understand. And then he comes back, and he gives Job more lashings. <laughs> Where is love in this? How is God expressing love, not just to Job, but to us through this? I don't think God, <clears throat> excuse me, God is just trying to overwhelm Job with these reminders about how powerful he is. He is doing that, but I don't think that's all that he's doing. I think God wants Job to expand his perspectives here, his point of view. Time and time again, when God's giving these verbal lashings, you can see 
this immense care and concern for his creation. All of the details that God goes through. He talks. He asks Job, well, who do you think made the horses neigh? Who do you think gave the eagles the ability and the wisdom to fly? All of these details about creation that I think point to a very caring and loving parent that's trying to get us to see their perspective in the situation. This is hard though, right? It's hard as we're being either disciplined or we're going through our own storms to be able to see this. We've all had our own storms. We've all had our own situations where maybe we wanted to be a little bit salty back to God. Maybe we wanted to put ourselves in a Job situation where this isn't fair. Nothing I've done in my life has caused me to deserve this. But the only perspective we're seeing in that situation is our own. We might not necessarily be seeing the perspective of God. Even when we're stubborn and we don't want to see the truth of God's love, maybe we don't even want to experience God's love because we're right here and God's wrong. Even though God has all, all the reasons, all the excuses to say, you know what, fine, you think you can do this on your own? Go do it. He doesn't. He's faithful. He always will be. Nothing that we can do will ever change that. Nothing we can ever say to God or express to God will ever change that. Now that's the us experiencing love through, uh, through this uh, scripture, right? I think expressing the love to other people might even be harder. And actually this week I have a perfect example of something in my own life. For the last year or so, I've been trying to work through a storm of one of my friends. This is a situation in his life that he's kind of been through before, but kind of escalated. So he would definitely express that right now he's hit rock bottom for himself. And he needs help. He needs somebody to love him, right? And at the first, you know, first few months, it was easy to love. It was easy to provide grace. It was easy to look past the mistakes and the habits and the behaviors. But as time has gone on, frustration sets in. Seems like every step forward he would take, he would take two or three back. Now my frustrations of his behaviors have caused me to kind of settle into this one narrative of him. To only think about the person he was and has been in the past. And not look at the present circumstances and maybe change my own perspective on the things that he is going through. And just this past week, that kind of hit a catalyst for me. I had told myself I am through. I collected all my data, all my reasons, all the things that I have seen and witnessed as if I was going to go before a judge and present my evidence. See, this is why I don't have to love him anymore, because of all these things. And when I presented him with this evidence, he gave me a reality check that I have not had in a long time. I was wrong about tons of things, tons of things that I thought I knew about what was going on in his life. He humbled me. He showed me that my own perspective 
of the narrative that I had developed about him was keeping me from showing him the exact same type of love that God has shown me time and time and time again. So God reminded me that he put this person in my life for a reason. He put this person in my life so that I could remain faithful to him, that I could see him through his own storm. So, where in your life might you need a perspective shift? Where might you need to see somebody else's point of view? Either from God's point of view, or maybe from the point of view of somebody in your life that God's given you to love. Thank you. So as always, you can feel free to go online to mygrace.church on the messages tab, and you can follow along with the message today. Um, one of the things that, uh, that's on that messages tab is the ability for you to ask me questions. So at any point in the service, if, you've got, if I'm sharing something and you're like, Dave, I'd love to know more about that, you can go into that Ask Me tab and you can connect with me and I'll get back with you over the course of the week. But one of those questions this past week was so good, I actually stuck it in your sermon notes today, so you can check that out this morning as well. But this morning, I just want to share one verse with you that's been really impactful for me as we've gone through this series together called Love Express. It came from our readings a few weeks ago, and it's Proverbs 20, verse 6. Take a look at this verse. It says, Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find? Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find? Solomon, who was a wise king who lived in Israel centuries ago, gave this proverb that we still have today. And basically what he's saying is, many claim to be great at this love thing, but they tend to always fall short. And he said, how do they fall short? Faithfulness. Simple faithfulness. You know, faithfulness isn't something we think about when we're trying to love others, right? Right? I mean, if you're thinking about, oh, I, I want to show someone I care. I want to show someone how much I love them. We don't typically think, I know, I'll, I'll show my faithfulness to them, right? I mean, there's so many easier ways we can show love to someone, so many other opportunities, so many other options than to choose faithfulness. Yet, when you think about it, faithfulness is the way that love deepens and becomes more meaningful over time, Right? Consistency, faithfulness over the years can mean way more than any one act of love ever will. Faithfulness is something that we all long for and that we seldom find in this life. I mean, think about this. Maybe you can think of a person or two in your life who have proven themselves to be faithful in their love to you over time. Can you think of people, maybe in your present situation or maybe in the past, for, I would say most of us, we can, if we can think of maybe even two or three people, we're doing good. Many people have no one like that who has been faithful for a long, long time. And oftentimes, the people who are, are they tend to be immediate family, right? How many of you have someone in your life who has just been a friend but has been faithful in their love and their friendship and being there for you through thick and thin for years, Few of us have that, right? It's, it's rare and it's priceless. It's one of the most beautiful ways we can show love that there is and one of the most meaningful ways that there is. Faithfulness is a love that is loyal, that is constant, that is reliable, that it's true to its word. 
It's a love that's seldom experienced in this world outside of God or maybe our immediate family. And the Bible speaks of it in actually three ways. The Bible speaks of it as an attribute of God. It speaks of it as a gift that God provides us in order to express love to other people. And as Proverbs says, it's a long-for attribute that most people lack. Think about it this way. When you, when, when some, when you hear that someone has been unfaithful, what do you tend to think of? If you hear that someone has been unfaithful, what do you think of? Probably think about someone's cheating on their spouse, right? I mean, that's typically what we think of. That's the epitome of unfaithfulness in our culture today. And that's what we think of. And it happens all the time. A quarter of all men and women in marriages today in America will cheat on their spouse at some point in their marriage. And this was eye-opening to me. Just a few months ago, a survey was done around the United States, and they were asked... People were asked, if you had the opportunity to be unfaithful to your spouse and you knew without a shadow of a doubt you'd never be caught, would you take advantage of the opportunity? And another half of Americans said yes. Faithfulness. A lack of faithfulness stunts and even destroys, wrecks marriages all the time. Faithfulness. It's something that we all long for, but seldom do we truly truly have in this life it's pretty sad but faithfulness goes way beyond just not cheating on your spouse right there's so many ways that we can be unfaithful we can be unfaithful to a spouse by loving our kids or loving our parents more than we love our spouse or the time that we invest in them we can love uh, we can be unfaithful to our family by investing more in our jobs than investing in their lives at, at home we can be unfaithful to anyone by being dishonest or by lacking integrity or being unreliable, not, not sticking to our commitments and our words not meaning anything really to anyone. An unfaithful person is a person who in the end can't be counted on. They can't be trusted. It's a person who chooses to do what feels good at the time rather than what they know to be loving. And right. But faithful love is something that we all long for in this life, don't we? I mean, we even look for it, and we look for it in a variety of places. In fact, we even, we even look for it from our pets, if you think about it, like our dogs. I mean, cats, I, I don't know. I don't know why we love them. <laughs> but why do we love our pets so much? Why do we love our dogs so much? Because dogs, <laughs> isn't it their faithfulness? Their loyalty to always be there, expressing love without words, but just being present all the time. I, at home, we, for the last eight or nine years now, we've had this little Bashan uh, named Luigi. And he is my wife's tail. Follows right behind her all day long, every single day. She can't even go sit on the toilet without him pushing his nose to the bathroom door and going and sitting there next to her. And she used to think it was weird, and now she's just, she's just come to accept it. She has come, she's gotten used to, she's expected that love, that faithfulness from Luigi. And she loves it dearly. Cats, again, I don't know, they'll turn on you in a second, right? <laughs> 
We value faithfulness wherever we can find it because guess what? It's rare. And nothing hurts more than to come to expect faithfulness from someone and then be disappointed, right? To come to expect that I do have someone's faithful love and then feel the sting of that love not being there when we need it the most. Sinful faithfulness is such a great way that we come to love a person over time. It's a, it may be the most meaningful way that we can possibly love someone, but guess what? It takes time. No one will come to expect you to love them in this way unless you show it faithfully over the long haul. Day after day after day. There are no shortcuts to faithful love. There are none. No one expects you to love them faithfully because you've shared a few heartfelt words or you've done something for them. Your heartfelt words could even be marriage vows. And, this, and guess what? In today's culture, they don't mean a whole lot. What's looked for are the years of faithfulness to come to live into those vows, right? This love that I'm talking about, it takes years to build. But once it's built, nothing matches it, right? In this world, there's only one source of love that we have come to find, many of us, that never fails, And it's not our dogs, believe it or not. It's not a person. It's God. Time has shown that what God has promised, He has always kept. People have written about this for centuries. In fact, take a look at just a couple of scriptures here this morning that I just pulled from you for you. Way back in Exodus, centuries ago, it was written, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy... I am slow to anger and I'm filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. The psalmist wrote about it in Psalm 119. Your faithfulness extends to every generation as enduring as the earth you created. Over and over again, pretty much I would say through almost every book of the Bible, you will hear talk, people talk about the faithfulness of God being present in their lives through thick and thin, holding to the promises he's made to them. In the scriptures, you will find, if you actually count, someone actually took the time to count, almost 300 places in the Bible where God and man have made some sort of covenant, some sort of promise between themselves. And every single time, man has fallen down on that covenant, has failed that promise. But God never once has. The author of Hebrews, in fact, reminds us that God can't break an unconditional promise that he says that he will fulfill. The Bible says that faithfulness actually is a trait that originates with God, and it's a trait that God wants us to display, to express back to him and to others on a daily basis. But it's not something that comes natural to us, right? I mean, we are born sinful. We are born selfish. We are born unfaithful creatures. Faithfulness like gentleness and kindness and self-control aren't traits that we just naturally come by. They're traits that we learn, that we grow into over time. They're fruits of God's Spirit, the Bible says. They're the result of cultivating a relationship with God over a period of time. And as as that relationship deepens, the Holy Spirit comes and works in our hearts, making it more easy to show these qualities as God always does. Paul 
calls this process learning to become imitators of God and His character in Ephesians 5. You know what? We don't all have the same opportunities or even abilities in this life. But we all, every one of us in this room, have the capacity to be faithful in expressing love to others in our own ways. Speaking personally, I am grateful that I was born into the Hillis family a long time ago. Because I have watched my dad love my mom faithfully for decades. There isn't a single memory that I have in my life where I, can't, or I can point to my dad not being faithful in, my, in his love to my mom or to me or to my brother or to anyone that I've ever known for that matter. Dad's word has always been his bond. And he has even faithfully served as a leader in his local church every single year of my life, ever since I've been born. And that faithfulness wasn't something that he came by easily as I learned, as I learned his story as an adult. But it's also something that he saw from his dad, my grandfather, before him. My grandfather lived his entire adult life faithfully loving my grandmother and his kids and loving his church family and loving the people in his community. My grandfather served as a leader, an elder in his church my entire childhood. In fact, he was the treasurer of my church for like over 30 years, faithfully, every single day without fail. In fact, he did it until just a few weeks before he died. And some would say, Roy, don't you want to take a break? Don't you want to have a break from doing all this stuff? And he's like, are you kidding this is my opportunity to show faithful love back to God and back to my church family. Why? I don't, I don't need a break. I love my church. I, I love my God. I don't need a break. And he was faithful every single day. That's one thing I will never forget about him. He was faithful in his love. And he learned it from his dad, my great-grandfather, Every single day, a life of faithfulness. I hope that one day I can be an example to my son in the way that my dad was to me in this way. Because few things matter more in this life than loving people faithfully. You know, when I first came here to Grace, I really hoped to be loved in that way. My wife and I, when we came here... We didn't know what to expect, but we just hoped. You know what? We, we said to ourselves, if we could just find a few people here at Grace who would love us enough to walk faithfully with us through whatever challenges we might face in ministry, that would be enough. And back that, you know, eight years ago, there was a handful of people, there were eight people actually, who said yes to that call. And they formed what became known as a pastoral wellness team that have encircled around my wife and my son and I and have been there faithfully for us every single time we have needed them for eight years without fail. They have met with us. They have walked with us. They have prayed with us through good times and in bad. They have stuck with us. There isn't one single thing that I can point to and say, they were really there for us when we were in a pinch. And so 
We love them for that reason. We, no, we, we love them because they have been there every time, over and over again, through thick and thin. We have come to count on their love over a number of years, and that means more to us than anything. Many people say that they know how to love, but a faithful friend, who can find? I've had a friend like that in my life for 20 years who lives in the Phoenix area. Amazing friend. And uh, I know in my life that if the bottom ever falls out in my life, all I have to do is pick up a phone and say, Dan, I need some help. And he will drop everything, jump in his car and drive to Tucson without hesitation. And he knows the same thing about me. That kind of love, I'm telling you, it's priceless. It's rare. A lot of people say they know how to love, Solomon says. He was a man full of wisdom. He says, a lot of people say they know how to love, but how many are actually faithful in the end? Because that's rare, and it's priceless. Let me ask you this morning. Are you one of those people? Are you a person? Are you a are there people in your life who would point to you and say, that is a faithful person in my life? If not, I pray that you will become that person for others, for your family, for, for your church, for your friends, whoever it is that God connects you to in this life for that purpose. I pray that you will be a person of your word a person of integrity, a person who shows up for others, even when it's hard. You might say, but Dave, yeah, you know what, that's, that's great, but I haven't been. I haven't been a faithful person to anyone in my life. I, I usually do what I think of first is in my best interest, and I just do for others when I feel like it. I, I've let people down. Well, you know, the Apostle Paul failed people too. In fact, he encouraged us to have the same approach that he had, which was to forget the past and to look ahead. To press on, he said. And so every single day, you have the opportunity to add one more day to your faithfulness pile. To forget the way you used to be and to add one day of faithfulness to yesterday's in someone's life. You know, oftentimes when I think of this, I think about... Uh, AA meetings and how people uh, who, are, who are in a life of recovery from an addiction, they look forward to those moments when they get that token, that coin that says they have been faithful in their sobriety for one month, for two months, for three months. And every month they get another coin of a different color that seems so simple or so petty to many of us, but to them that means everything. Why? Because it says, throughout my struggles and my temptations and my desires to do what I want in a moment, I've chosen faithfulness. I pray that we can all be faithful like that in our aspects of our own lives. For when we're faithful in small ways, Jesus said, God gives us the capacity to be faithful in greater ways. Today, you and I have the opportunity to show faithful love to our city. To show the people of Tucson how much we love them. 
Whether it's through going to the Gap House in a little while and uh, helping renovate one of their homes so the at-risk kids can feel loved or showing up at the Goshen Church in a little while and loving on the African refugees who are there and trying to make a life for themselves in America, worshiping with them and having lunch with them. Or maybe it's going to a, a senior facility. One of the opportunities we're doing that today where you can just go and love on someone who is a little bit older and, and who feels desperately lonely. You have the ability today to begin an act of love through faithfulness over a period of time. And it may just start today. But what if you're able to create that one-on-one relationship with just one person today that can continue and change a life? That's why we do G-City. It isn't to give ourselves a pat on the back and tell us how good we are. It's about reminding our city over and over again that that church on the hill is a church that loves its city. If we're known for nothing else in this world, I pray that we are known for that. Every time someone talks about a church in Oro Valley that loves its city, they point toward us. Some may look at this opportunity every fifth Sunday to have these G-City weekends and just see it as busy activity just one more thing to do and maybe not even see it as necessary and you know what if it is just one more thing to do then you're right it's really not necessary but if we see this as one more chance to love our city and to show God's faithful love to our city then it means a lot Maybe you already have a next-door neighbor or a friend or a co-worker, someone else in your life that you've been trying to show faithfulness to over the long haul. And maybe you don't even need to go to a project today that we're doing because you've chosen to go love that person again today and show faithfulness in some way. And if so, great. I'm so glad you make that choice. But let's each one of us today make a commitment to show faithful love to someone that maybe starts today but continues for months and months to come. You know, none of us, if we're honest, none of us know how long we have on this earth, do we? We could wake up tomorrow and that be our last day. None of us think that our day is, is past, our lives are passing until that time comes. But I can't think of anything that I would rather hear after I take my last breath here and I open my eyes in heaven than to see Jesus look at me and say, number one, welcome home. I love you. But number two, to hear him say the words, well done, good and What? Faithful servant. That faithfulness is an expression of love that only God can show to us and that he gives us the ability to show others. Church, let's be a church. Let's be people who faithfully love, regardless of how tough life gets. Are you in with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this chance today to send us out on that word from Proverbs. To remind us 
of how meaningful, of how life-changing simple faithfulness can be. Lord, I pray that we will be directed today, wherever we might go, toward that person that you want us to show that faithful love to. Lord, some of us have those people in our life. Some of us, we, we know who those people are outside of our immediate family. And we're faithful to them. But for some of us, we haven't even considered this concept before. Lord, help us to see who it is that you've put in our lives to be faithful in love to. And Lord, may each one of us be known, uh, be, be prepared to one day hear from you. Well done, good and faithful servant.